old Macklemore song, Thrift Shop? I bet you didn't know it at the time, but he was actually singing about how the Packers have to approach free agency this year. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Yeah, today we're looking ahead. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers today. Okay, maybe a little because it's kind of inescapable and it might impact some of these decisions. But ultimately, we're not talking Aaron Rodgers today. We're not talking about the new speculation as to what he's going to do or what the Packers are saying or who's leaking what or any of that nonsense. So today, we're looking ahead to free agency. Now, before I totally dive in here, just a little bit of a disclaimer. Here we are, sitting, we're in the 20s of February. There's still a lot that can change to a number of rosters across the NFL, very much including the Packers. And free agency doesn't start until the middle of March. Franchise tags have yet to be issued. You know, there's still re-signings that can occur. So lots of these players that you look across and see, oh, this one's a free agent, this one's a free agent, they may not be by the time that we actually get to the middle of March. So what I tried to do here was, at the very least, identify four positions. Probably the four positions that I consider the Packers most likely to wade into actual free agency to try to shore up the positions. Be it because of Brian Goodekun's historical tendencies, be it because of just the need on the roster. But again, a disclaimer, the needs could be evaporated if Brian Goodekun decides to re-sign certain guys. Especially if Rodgers comes back and then all the friends come back too. So, bear that in mind as we dive in. But the four positions that I've selected would be the interior defensive line, safety, wide receiver, and tight end. Might they dip their toes into offensive line? Maybe. Might they look for some reinforcements at corner? I could see it. How about edge? Sure, maybe. But ultimately, that may be draft. So, look, these are the four positions that I chose, and the names that I'm going to list off today are very overview. These are guys that we recognize as available, that at least have some of the traits that the Packers may find desirable. As we get closer and closer to free agency itself in the middle of March, then I'll do another video detailing, these are the guys. We know for sure they're going to be free agents. We know for sure they fit the Packer way and what Brian Goodkins looks for, and these are the guys the Packers should go after, and here's the money, and here's how you can do it. Today... Let's at least identify some of the prospects that are potential at these four positions. Thanks so much for joining me. Do hit like, share, subscribe before I dive into the details, because here we go. Interior defensive line. Look, we know this is a need. Jerron Reed is a free agent. Dean Lowry is a free agent. Really, we know the Packers towards the end of the season chose to go lighter and lighter in terms of defensive line personnel, but they still need more than TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, and Kenny Clark. And realistically, adding a vet into that mix probably isn't the worst thing in the world. Might they address this in the draft? Certainly. Might we see a huge sophomore jump from Jonathan Ford last year's seventh round pick? Maybe. But at the end of the day, Brian Kudekunst has shown by keeping Dean Lowry around, by signing Jerron Reed last year, that he's not afraid to reinforce the youth with Wyatt or the youth of Slayton. 
with somebody else. And I'm also going to say, too, Kenny Clark, while playing nose tackle and defensive end, I do believe that Joe Barry wants to get him out over to defensive end more often in the future, just like Barry's first year as defensive coordinator. Last year, we saw him actually go back to nose tackle a little bit more, but I don't think that's what Barry really wants to do. I think that was more so out of necessity and quite possibly a lack of trust of TJ Slayton, as evidenced by their unwillingness to play Slayton, perhaps as many people watching the Packers thought they should. So I could easily see this as a place to add a veteran defensive lineman. But a couple things to keep in mind, Brian Goodikens does love guys coming off of their rookie contracts. He would much rather sign guys to large contracts that he believes are ascending rather than players who've already done it. Those seem to be his two types of free agents, right? Either ascending off of a rookie contract or someone who's not going to cost much because they're on the tail end. So here, interior defensive line, first up candidate, probably going to cost too much for the Packers, but still let's take a look at him, Duran Payne. Yes, the defensive end nose tackle for the Washington football team commander people, uh, 25 years old. In his first couple years in the league, from 2018 to 2020, he had 86 defensive stops against the run, one of the top rates for interior defensive linemen. Now, in 2021 and 2022, he's paired that with 95 quarterback pressures. I mean, this is an incredibly legitimate former first-round pick defensive lineman. And he may get paid in free agency, which might be completely impractical for the Packers. But... Here's the thing. He fits their mold in a couple different ways. One, we know that the Packers need better run support at every level of their defense. They cannot continue being one of the worst run defending teams in the league. And Deron Payne's first years in the NFL showed that he can excel at that when that's what he's asked to do. Second, he's only 25. We know that Gutekunst loves his young players, especially the young rookies. And Payne being 25 after having X number of years in the NFL is certainly young. But here's the concern. I mentioned how in the first three years of his career, Deron Payne excelled at stopping the run. Now, the last two years, he excelled at pressuring the quarterback. But the problem is, he doesn't seem to do both at the same time. Which, you know, considering that he either chooses to do one or the other, may mean that he may fit right into Green Bay's defense, because it's kind of how they roll sometimes. But nonetheless, it is still a concern. Can... Can Jerry Montgomery and Joe Barry bring out both sides of Duran Payne, or is he someone that has to choose one or the other? In which case, you can't invest nearly as much as him as you otherwise might have. Moving on to the second candidate, we're looking at Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes, the Minnesota Viking of last year, he is only 29 years old, started out his career playing nose tackle for the New York Giants, and the Vikings shifted him around a bit on their defensive line. But here's the truth with Dalvin Tomlinson. Since 2017, when he entered the league, he's been a top 16 run defender. Six straight seasons registering total grades above 74 by PFF. I don't know, now that he's got a couple more years of tread on those tires, that he's going to completely price himself out of Green Bay's market. But, like I admitted earlier, this is the kind of player that generally Brian Gutekunst doesn't sign. This is a guy who's right around 30. He hasn't tipped over 30 yet. He's not quite to the point of being a descending player, so he's going to be cheaper. He's not a complete flyer like Devondre Campbell was. He's not coming off his rookie deal like Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. But nonetheless... Boy, couldn't you just plug Dalvin Tomlinson in at nose tackle? TJ Slayton working in some kind of rotation with him. Kenny Clark and Devente Wyatt when they're in their base 3-4, which isn't even that common, but then you got those two on the ends. 
it is a heck of a lot better of a defensive line than what we've seen the last few years be trotted out there. It's at the very least worth strong consideration if the Packers can afford it. Someone like that being a true run stuffer, one of the best in the league, would be huge for the Packer defense. Moving on to another spot, this is a player who I include, not because he plays nose tackle, not because he even excels at the run, but because he is 26 years old, coming off of a rookie contract, and he just had his best and most complete season in the NFL. Yes, that would be Draymond Jones, defensive end from the Denver Broncos. Look, Brian Gutekunst has a type. He is very much attracted to those guys coming off rookie contracts who just put together their best year in the NFL. Look at Preston Smith. Look at Zadarius Smith. Go back to that year on the whole. Hell, Belly Turner even fits that mold. Like, that is the type of player that Brian Goodekunst most frequently chases in free agency and is willing to prioritize. And Draymond Jones fits the bill. 26 years old, coming off of a rookie contract, and just having completed one of his best seasons. Probably his most complete, at the very least. Plus, he's coming from the successful Denver defense. This is a player that Brian Gutekunst very well could target. This is his type. Now, whether or not it's exactly the Packers' need, being an end, questionable. But everything else seems to line up that Brian Gutekunst is at least going to make the call. Moving on next, I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball. Let's take a look at tight end. Look, Robert Tunyon's a free agent. Mercedes Lewis is a free agent. Tyler Davis is probably going to come back on a really, really cheap deal just for special teams. And then you got Josiah Deguara, who the Packers don't really want to seem to play a tight end. And you don't know what Lewis is going to do. You don't know what Tunyon is going to do in free agency. Tunyon has said he'd love to come back. Lewis has said he plays for the Packers, not for Rodgers. Okay, but that really does remain to be seen to some extent, right? So, there's no doubt. Even if you bring back Lewis, hell, even if you bring back Tunyon, the Packers have a need at tight end. Even fully employed this year, when they had all four at their disposal, the Packers did not get enough playmaking from the tight end position. Something there has to change. And there are a couple guys on this list who would tremendously revamp the position. Look at Dalton Schultz. One of the most complete tight ends in the NFL coming from Dallas. But can the Packers afford him? Probably not. Okay, look at Mike Gusecki from Miami. Dude can catch. He's hyper-athletic. He cannot block. Mm-mm, at all. And he didn't really fit in with Miami and Mike McDaniel's system down there either because he can't block. Okay, so is he the best fit for Green Bay? Probably not. He'd be fun. It'd be great. Probably not the best fit, though, for what Matt LaFleur wants to do. Or how about another tight end who really lit the NFL world on fire at the end of the year? Evan Ingram. You want playmaking ability. You want receiving from the tight end position. You look at Evan Ingram. Nope. Probably not going to do him either. Guy can't block. It's just not a fit for what Lafleur wants to do, no matter how much of playmakers these guys are. So we have to look at a different type of tight end. Someone who can at least kind of sort of capably block. And that leaves us with two candidates. One being Hayden Hurst. Most recently with the Cincinnati Bengals, he's 29 years old, and simply stated, the man does not drop the football. He's kind of reminiscent of Robert Tunyon, but just overall with more playmaking, I would say. He also has a reputation of being an incredibly strong blocker. But you dive into the numbers on PFF and you kind of see that that's not necessarily the case. That may be more reputation than substance, as evidenced by the fact that 
over, let's see, the last three years, he's had a pass blocking grade barely over 30? <sighs> Not sure that's someone you want to trust with either your young quarterback or your old quarterback for Green Bay. So is that blocking prowess more reputation than actual production? But, coming back on it, the dude doesn't drop. Only five drops and 190 catchable targets. That is reliability in capital letters. Okay, so let's look at a different tight end. Because Hurst is 29. Sure, he's still like coming off of the time range of a rookie contract. He was older coming out of school. How about Austin Hooper? Yeah, free agent again. 28 years old. Look, the last time that he was a free agent, Brian Gutekunst was rumored heavily to have interest. Packers were one of the final teams before Hooper decided to sign elsewhere. So, how did he do this year? Well, he's coming off the lowest drop rate of his career this last year. He's entering year nine or eight in the NFL. I'm sorry, my notes are failing me, but eight or nine in the NFL, and the man is still only 28 years old. That is Brian Gutekunst's type. But again, he's at the midpoint of his career that's not Gutekunst's type. So, what do we do here? If you're looking for a tight end with one of the best contested catch rates in the NFL, it's Austin Hooper. If you're looking for a tight end who's a reliable playmaker, look, the second half of in Tennessee, second half of the year in Tennessee where they barely even throw the ball. He rated out as one of the better receiving tight ends in the NFL. And if Gutekunst has interest before, you can see why he would have interest again. But how much of his an upgrade over he is Tunyon? Or how much of an upgrade is he over Tunyon? There we go. I don't know. It's a valid question. But still, in terms of tight ends, those are probably your two most likely candidates that are free agents or possibly going to be in the next few weeks let's look ahead again let's switch ball sides again now we're going back to defense and safety this again kind of like 10 end it's a very very top heavy class you've got jesse bates who in all likelihood is going to hit true free agency this year after having gone through this whole franchise tag mess before with cincinnati unless cincinnati really decides to commit to him then you've also got Jordan Poyer, who, frankly, I just have a very difficult time believing that he's going to leave Buffalo. Okay, so then what about Chaucie Gardner-Johnson of the Eagles, the fresh NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles? Well, in some ways, he fits. Chauncey Gardner Jr. is only 25 years old. But what are his tremendous skills? Because you look over his stats, you look over his grades, and he's good. Don't get me wrong. What's he great at? And are you going to pay that premium for an ascending player when you can't even tell me what he's great at? For a position where the Packers right now seemingly have no answers because what does Darnell Savage play? We don't know. Rudy Ford is a free agent. Adrian Amos is a free agent. What do you have at the safety position? So are you going to go all in on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? When you can't even tell me that he's an absolute ball-hawking expert or he's an absolute run-defense expert? No, I don't think you can do that. Okay, so then let's look at the other candidates. And you've got 28-year-old Von Bell, another free agent from Cincinnati. Yes, both of their safeties are free agents. He's got an 88.7 run-defense grade over the last five seasons. Again, a place that Green Bay needs to improve. But not only that, but he's had three straight years of coverage grades over 64. Von Bell is one of those guys that you look at and you say, he's not the perfect playmaker, but he comes at half the cost and he's one of the best run defense safeties in the league. Can we find a place for him? The answer is probably, yeah. This defense probably could. Or 
do you stick with what you already know and just bring back Amos? One other safety that I wanted to bring your attention to, and I didn't think it was going to be possible pretty much ever to have this player, but things change this season. He's 31 years old, getting close to 32. Safety, Jimmy Ward. Yeah, the San Francisco 49ers safety. Look, he had three straight years of 800 snaps, over 800 snaps, coming into this last year. This last year, though, he paired barely over 500 for San Francisco. Well, and why is that? Because Kyle Shanahan changed his position. Yeah, Jimmy Ward was a highly successful safety for a long time. And then this year, because of the San Francisco's defensive makeup, because of injuries that they were facing, etc., Kyle Shanahan went to him and said, you're going to start playing slot corner, and we want you to do it well. And supposedly, according to reports, Jimmy Ward was not exactly pleased with that. He wanted to keep playing safety. But he went and played corner. And played slot corner well. In terms of being in the slot from week 8 through the end of the season, here are the stats. He posted a 78 coverage grade in the slot. That is 11th best in the NFL. So here you took a starting safety, you put him at slot, and you say, you play slot well. And he went, okay. And got a coverage grade of 78, the 11th best in the NFL. This is a guy who can do it all. He also has back-to-back run defense grades of over 90. Imagine putting that at the back end of the Packers' defense, someone who can capably stop the run consistently. It would be a huge boon for the defense. Now, he did express that displeasure. I never would have thought that he would ever leave San Francisco. He's been there his whole career. He seems like a San Francisco lifer. But there seems to be some belief in San Francisco he's not going to come back because of his displeasure over this move. But his versatility would be truly heralded in Green Bay. And he kind of fits that mold of being now on the downside of his career to where he's going to be a little bit cheaper. And cheaper means affordable for Green Bay. So, was that drop in snaps just because of a position change or was it because his body can't take it anymore? San Francisco's been one of the best defense in the leagues for years. They know what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. So, is it a productivity problem? Is it an age problem? Is it a durability problem? Regardless, this is a guy that Green Bay, by all accounts, could use. A versatile defender. You're looking for someone to inhibit your actual, like to have the, to play that true star position? Jimmy Ward. Now, offensive side of the ball, we're going to wrap this up. I only have one free agent left to talk about. I said earlier that the other offensive position that I could see them really dipping their toes in free agency happens to be wide receiver. Look, they did it last year with Sammy Watkins. And now this year, Randall Cobb's a free agent. Alan Lazard is a free agent. I've talked on this channel before about how I doubt that Alan Lazard is going to come back. He's being valued at $11 million a year on the open market. I just don't see Green Bay doing that. Randall Cobb, maybe he comes back if Rodgers does. If he takes a discount again. But ultimately, we don't know. And even if you do bring Cobb back, chances are it's getting close to the point where he's like a player coach because how many games is he going to give you every year? So you've got to have something ready there. So really, under contract, you've got Watson, you got Dobbs, Toure. Where's the rest of them? It's concerning. There's still a hole at wide receiver on the team, even with the ascension of Watson and Dobbs. And Brian Gutekunst has already said... You know, regardless of Rodgers, they're probably going to be looking for a veteran addition at wide receiver. 
Well, one hit the market today. Yeah. I know this isn't the most exciting one in the world, but look, this is a highly depressing free agent class. It just is. The best wide receiver free agents happen to be Jacoby Myers from New England, Juju Smith-Schuster, now from Kansas City, DJ Shark from Detroit, and Paris Campbell, Minneapolis. Woof, y'all. And Alan Lazard. And sure, there's some other ones there too, but they may not be the Packers type. They may not be the right investment level. Yes, Odell Beckham Jr. is still there. But the truth is, do you see the Green Bay Packers going out and handing a bag to Jacoby Myers, who's prototypically a slot receiver? Probably not. Or do you see the Packers going out and giving the world to Juju Smith-Schuster following this year that he had in Kansas City? I mean, Juju is a warrior across the middle where the Packers don't generally throw the ball if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Okay, what about DJ Shark? Now, I could at least argue for that one, that he could become kind of the pseudo-MBS replacement, but he got massive durability concerns there. Okay, how about Pierce Campbell? Hmm, kind of the same thing. So does that leave? I know you're not going to be inspired by this, but it's true. Robert Woods. Yeah, he just got released today by the Tennessee Titans. And here's the thing. He's one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Alan Lazard is too. And if Alan Lazard's going to walk out the door, don't you think they'd like a capable one? Robert Woods fits the bill. He's nearly 31 years old. He's basically this year's Sammy Watkins, except better. When I mentioned that he was one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the NFL, I meant it. The last two years, he's had grades of 76 and 84. The man can run block. And for a team that's bringing back Aaron Jones, regardless of who's a quarterback and has A.J. Dillon, and you know the run game is a big part of the plan, and if they switch to Jordan Love, could be an even bigger part of the plan. Having a guy like Robert Woods to pair with Watson and Dobbs, and then probably another high-profile rookie? You're cooking. You at least have something there, then. Maybe more than they do now. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Lombardi Time Brews. Hey, if you've got any questions, if you want to submit anything to the mailbag, just hit a comment on this video. Send me a private message. Go find me on Twitter. Send me a message there. Whatever. But soon enough, we're going to be doing a mailbag episode. So please, got any questions? You want anything me to talk about? Just submit those questions through comments or however you want to do it. I'll see it somehow. But thank you for checking out today's video. I hope you're having a great day. I'll be back on Friday. We're going to be talking more. And then also, if you hung around this long, hang around next week. I'm going to be doing, uh, I'm planning Monday, Wednesday, Friday of next week, barring any breaking news developments from a certain darkness retreat quarterback. But I'm looking at next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, being a preview of every other team in the division from the Packers perspective. Something that's been asked for, something I'm excited to do. I just wanted to get closer to free agency, see how these rosters have been building a little bit, get definitive cap numbers, etc. So look for that next week. Thanks so much for joining me here. Hope you're having a great day. And as always, go Pack Go.